This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 17th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The debate over guns has shifted and perhaps shrunk a bit to a debate over magazines and how many bullets those magazines should be allowed to contain. Matthew LaRossiere is author of a new Cato Policy Bulletin, Losing Count, the Empty Case for High-Capacity Magazine Restrictions. It's available today at Cato.org. How did we get to the point where this is a key point of contention within the gun debate. Uh, It's interesting. It's just over the years, people have and lawmakers have picked different things to obsess on with guns. Like in the very beginning, it was the price of guns. Some guns were just too cheap. And so we targeted Saturday night specials. And of course, the result of that was that the next cheapest guns would be much more lethal. And so that was a nightmare. Then we targeted machine guns and that didn't make any kind of a difference. And so it seems over the past 30 years, I would feel like probably video games and uh, media and people's exposure to uh, firearms in the media and and that sort of thing will cause, cause people to just get this idea that the number of shots somehow directly implicates lethality. And I mean, it, it rhetorically, it works pretty well, like people really buy it. So I think that's kind of how that wound up being where we're at, even though in reality, magazine capacity makes a very little difference in terms of lethality. All right. Well, I mean, and part of it has to be just the political uh, realization that mass shootings, that gun crime in the United States doesn't really move the needle that much when it comes to uh, people's rights to own firearms. Yeah, exactly. There's such rare events in in the already rare context of shootings generally in this country, mass shootings are unbelievably rare. And so when you have a shooting that has more, it, it, for magazine capacity to make a difference, you have to have a shooting that has more than 10 shots fired. And that is just, you know, in a country of 300 million people, thankfully, incredibly rare. So what is the case that is laid out by proponents of making, of limiting uh, firearm magazines are restricting the number of bullets that can be held by a magazine. The logic is is that forcing more frequent magazine changes will somehow reduce lethality in in shootings generally, or if if you don't believe that in mass shootings, which are of course although extremely rare, the a huge point of public concern. There's a misconception that you know when when a shooter reloads that there will be an opportunity to escape or that they'll be slowed down enough to be subdued uh, or that or there's an idea that just having a large amount of rounds that can be fired uh, just enables more victims in in any given shooting. All right, so. What's wrong with that idea? Well, is that it's just it's not reflected in reality. Uh, skilled shooters can change magazines in a fraction of a second, and so the average shooter, like changing magazines, is a process of pressing a button, magazine dumps out of the gun, inserting a fresh one, and then releasing the bolt. That it takes the average shooter, a slow to average shooter, about three seconds to change a magazine. And so I actually did some back of the envelope math where we talked about the Parkland shooting 
which is regarded as, you know, extremely devastating shooting, that actually was done with 10 round magazines. And if you average the shots fired uh, per minute over the the whole shooting, uh, it makes like a 10% difference if he had 30 round magazines as opposed to uh, 10 round magazines. So then the question is, in how many situations would that, that a 10% difference in fire rate and rate of fire actually make a difference? Uh, well, that's compared to, and like I was saying, in these mass shootings where people prepare and they plan and they bring spare magazines, they can just swap them out quickly. The inverse of that is in a defensive gun use where somebody is not planning to get into an altercation and then generally they won't think to bring spares or if they do, there'll just be a single spare. So you're limiting the ability to have an effective self-defense on law-abiding people while still enabling uh, or not actually practically disabling um, spree killers or mass shooters. So uh, one argument that I hear uh, from friends uh, is, why do you need this 30-round magazine for your gun? Who needs that? Nobody needs that. Right. Yes. Uh, well, me being I was a former competitive shooter and generally pretty good with a gun, my general response to that is, well, that I don't. Uh, but I always say... But my mother does, you know? So the International Journal of Police Science and Management did a pretty thorough study. Novice shooters at a typical engagement distance have a 39% probability to hit a target uh, compared to 48% for in intermediate and then only 49% for expert. And these are experts as defined by the, uh, the Journal of Police Science and Management. So, you know, whatever that means. Uh, but still, that's... When you're saying an expert shooter will hit one in every two shots, combine that with the fact that most t uh, shootings do not, it, it's not, it, one shot isn't generally enough to stop a threat. So if you're in a defensive situation, and especially situations that are very real in this country where, you know, a, a person finds themselves attacked by two gunmen. The question I pose is, is it fair then if there's one innocent person and two gunmen to say, oh, well, let's, if they're all limited to 10 rounds, it'll be fair, right? Do, do we really want to require a situation where for somebody to be able to effectively defend themselves in a, situ in a, a horrible situation like that, they would have to be incredibly skilled or do we want to enable law-abiding people to make decisions that are best for them in terms of picking, you know, maybe a gun that has less recoil or holds more rounds, you know, whatever they feel suits their needs to be able to be used defensively. So what does Heller tell us about uh, these attempts uh, to restrict high, so-called high-capacity magazines because there isn't really, you know, you note here in your paper that there isn't a clear definition of what that, what high capacity is, just like there isn't a clear definition of assault weapon. But what does Heller have us, uh, tell us about where the, where these fall in the constitutional uh, range? Well, so the main holding of Heller is that the Second Amendment extends on its face and by default to everything that it constitutes a bearable arm 
in common use in the United States. And so if you would want to read that to say only, you know, it would, I think it would take a pretty creative reading to say that only includes the barrel or only includes the action. No, that's going to include the whole gun, everything that's needed to make it function to be able to be used for lawful purposes. And so the magazine is an essential component of a self-loading firearm. You are, it's not going to function without a magazine. And so whatever magazines, which are essential components of firearms that are in common use, should be presumably protected by the Second Amendment. And that is the case. The average handgun in the United States will have a magazine capacity of between 10 and 20 rounds and the average self-loading rifle between 20 and 30 rounds. So most magazines that fall, that are banned by uh, these high capacity laws in, in most states are actually common standard equipment in the rest of the country. Well, there has to be some upper limit uh, where... You could say, oh, a 200-round magazine, yeah, that that seems a perfectly reasonable thing to ban, or at least that, that's that's the attitude that I think a lot of people have, is why why not put an upper limit on uh, magazines? It's very complicated. Um, well, I would say, why does there have to be an upper limit if, if it's not going to actually make a appreciable difference in saving lives? I would question why we would have to criminalize something and because you know whenever you put in one of these laws, people are going to be put in jail for it. And so you're going to have costs, you're going to be disrupting people's lives. There has to be some you know appreciable benefit to justify that. But you know it's reasonable. people people can't wrap their heads around why you would need a hundred rounds, two hundred rounds or whatever. That's an actual high capacity magazine that actually stretches the weapon beyond what it was designed to use. And those are not in common use, I would say. So although I wouldn't support such a measure because I think it would be silly, I think there's a much stronger argument to say that a uh, restriction on a 100-round or 200-round magazine would be constitutional. But the interesting thing is that magazine capacity has a nonlinear relationship with your fire rate. So the more bullets your gun holds, it's not necessarily going to be that you're going to be able to fire faster because... Whenever you add more rounds to a magazine, it imparts more rolling resistance and it increases the propensity for the weapon to malfunction. And we actually saw this in the Aurora, Colorado shooting where the, uh, the shooter employed uh, drum magazines, uh, the type we're talking about, and it malfunctioned almost immediately. And then when, when you have a malfunction like that, it, it's not as simple as reloading. You have to fumble with your weapon and, and clear the jam. And, and you know, when that happened, people actually had an opportunity to escape. It's documented that when this uh, drum magazine caused a malfunction, it really did uh, save lives. So then that question you have to ask yourself is, if we ban these and force people to use lower capacity magazines that are more reliable, in these rare shootings that we want to do something about, is that a result that we want to have? It, it is possible. And again, you can't say this for sure because the data points are so small. These shootings are rare. We really don't have enough information to say for sure. But it is at least possible that completely banning these novelty large magazines could actually increase lethality. And so that's why I would say it's a policy decision that's just better off left unexplored. Matthew LaRossiere is author of a new Cato Policy Bulletin, Losing Count, the Empty Case for High-Capacity Magazine Restrictions. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play. 
follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.